0: UFC 262 came, went, and is no longer. I'm Tommy from MMA on Point. Let's tear it apart and figure out what made it tick. The UFC's 19th trip to Texas saw 12 fights with 4 KOTKOs, 3 subs, 5 decisions, 4 unanimous and 1 split, for a total cage time of 2 hours, 2 minutes, 20 seconds. An interesting night if you were playing at betonline.ag. Very tight money lines for this event, there were 2 pick'ems on the prelims, but the biggest dog won. Priscilla Cachueta was the money just like her name, a plus 220 underdog in her win over Gina Mazzani, so putting 500 on her at betonline.ag would have got you a clean 1100 bucks. There were 5 dogs in total that won, but with those tight lines all around. It wasn't a bad night to pick favorites or underdogs at bet online. Let's see how the main card shook out. Charles Oliveira became the 11th undisputed lightweight champion when he TKO'd Michael Chandler in the second round. Dubrox now has the UFC record for most finishes at 17, the most submissions at 15, the most fights before winning a title at 28. He's one bonus away from tying Cowboy for the most. He's made 870 grand thus far from them. His UFC journey started 3,941 days before gold. He's currently on a 9 fight win streak with 7 performance bonuses in that same time period, this is the first time since 2013 four Brazilians have been champion at the same time. Benil Dariush improved to a seven-fight win streak after his victory over Tony Ferguson. El Kukui has lost the last nine rounds he's fought and against Dariush, scored the least number of significant strikes of any fight in his career that went more than a round. Rogerio Bantarin is the 13th fighter to miss weight this year. He would still win via unanimous decision over Matt Schnell. Caitlin Chukagian scored the most significant strikes of anyone on the card with 127 in her win over Viviani Auzio, earning her our Busybody Award. And finally, for his psychic knockout of Shane Burgos, Edson Barbosa earns our Psycho Mantis Award. But the stats can only tell us so much. Let's dive deeper. What's up
1: guys, Jason here with the before and after. Going right into the co-main event, there was little doubt which fight was going to have the most heat on it.
2: Hey, homie, I already know that you went to go help Justin Gaethje. You're a little bitch for going out there and helping him fight for the title. I didn't know you did that. You listened to Ali Abdelaziz and he fucking manipulated your life. Yes.
1: And so Benil Dariush came out looking like the nicest guy on the planet. But if you had asked me help, I would We're help you too. I'm going to slam you like I did my student. I broke his fucking rib. Well, that's a dick move, bud. Why would, you, why would you do that to your own student? The question is, though, did he take the opportunity to gloat? In this case, he gave one of my favorite post-fight speeches literally ever.
2: They better not be fickle. The same fans that just cheer Tony on like that, they better cheer for him every single fight. I better not see those stupid comments about Tony. Ah, oh, he's done. He's this. He's that. You know, you're gonna support him. Support him throughout his whole career. Don't support him just for the day. And now that he's that, now that he's not doing well, like forget about him. If you're gonna be a Tony fan, be a Tony fan for life. I don't want to see that crap about him. Ah, uh, uh, this and that. I, I see so many negative comments online, man. It, it just makes you want to stay away from it.
1: Based on his style and approach in the fight, Dana wasn't convinced Benil gained a ton of new fans. He didn't do
3: any favors in, in gaining any new fans tonight, but you know it, it was tough, a tough go against a, a fan favorite like Tony. He went in and did what he had to do to win.
2: To be a champion, you've got to be able to stick to the game plan. It's not, it's not always uh, being a bonus fighter. Why am I going to strike with this guy if, if I have such an advantage here? What about Tony's leg, though? How did he not tap to that heel hook? Like, his knee popped, and it popped loud.
3: His ankle definitely popped. I mean, his ankle, the rest of the fight, looked like a golf ball, and uh, maybe even
1: a baseball. There's no quitting that, dude. In this case, it doesn't appear to be that clear on who is next, but everyone has a roundabout idea. And, and you know,
3: he'll, he'll get another fight now. Uh, you know, one of the one of the top five guys.
2: We, we just got to pay attention to who's going to be there available for me. And I'm thinking like either December or, or next year.
1: Moving into the main event, by far the most memorable pre-fight comment had to be this interview that we did with him on this channel last year. To me, I always look at, at the the discipline and the character of a man. If you're a guy who misses weight numerous times, you're also a guy who's going to give up on yourself in a fight. So that's what I would do. I would take him to the deep waters and make him give up on himself. And so having, of course, lost, how did Chandler react? Yeah. You know, he, he showed that he could, he could, he had the goal to, to get through that. I mean, there was, got dropped, got hurt, you know? Um, I mean, I was on top of, top of him. He did, he's really long and did a really good job of, of tying me up. So I couldn't really rain out, rain down too hard of to punches or elbows, but um he definitely he definitely got through some adversity tonight Oliveira had his own thoughts about all of that as well
4: you know people when i come to fight them they try to get in my head and say that but they don't understand that that was the past that was eight fight ago fights ago now i come here to to win you know i don't come here to play and so don't don't think like that that's the past there really
1: wasn't much at all coming from Oliveira going into this fight. Standard answers about wanting to be champion and thanking his friends, family, but he did detail the kind of
4: champion he wanted to be. It's about history. You know, I want to be like all the other great champions from Brazil, like Anderson, like Zaldo, with my humility, with my attitude. It's about history. So that begs the question.
1: Who is first to the next title shot? Oliver and Dana were surprisingly not pointing as strongly to the one
4: we've all been expecting. I battled hard to get here. Everybody's talking about who it's going to be next—Poirier or, or Connor. You know, I'm—I'll leave that to my my manager, and I'm going to go home and rest. I feel ready. It's like I said—it's always in the time of God, but now I feel like a lion. I feel like I'm ready.
3: Yeah, it was an incredible main event. Both guys had an unbelievable performance in that fight, and. Uh, you know, Oliveira pulled it out. It was an incredible fight. Incredible first round. I literally haven't even thought about it. Never even crossed my mind yet. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get home and start worrying about that stuff. Charles did have some choice words for
4: Connor though. Connor, since you're so tough, first of all, you beat Dustin, and then come over to Brazil and I'll put you on your ass. He's just one of these guys that talks a lot. He's got to beat Dustin first. What do you do with Chandler now?
3: Yeah, well, listen, he, he's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he's one of the best in the world. And, uh, you know, he's not going anywhere. There's a lot of fun fights to make with him still. I mean, first, first
1: off, hats off to Charles. Hats off to Charles for surviving that first round, surviving their barrage. Um, anybody you know, next in in, to get me into that in line for the title again. I believe I can beat them and and beat anybody in the top five, so we'll see what happens. All right, that's it for me, guys. Hope you all enjoyed the night's fights. Now on to the next section.
5: What's up everyone? It's the casual Lawton cant and half of you don't know who I am, but I do a lot for the extras channel, and Tom unfortunately is still asleep from the fight companion last night, so I'm gonna help cover some of the social media posts. So first up, we have this tweet from Pub Relations referencing Souza saying this was his reaction to breaking his arm, and I think we all can agree that he truly handled that injury like a champ, and literally didn't even seem to be fazed by it when it happened. Props to you, Sousa. Next up, to begin the main card, we have this tweet from Fred Wells saying that Burgos looked like he remembered he got hit hard, then thought, fuck getting hit like that again, I'm chilling on the floor. This had to be one of the most delayed knockouts I've ever seen. Moving on to probably the second most talked about fight from the main card, we've got the captain's tweet who has a great idea on who Dariush's next opponent should be, the one and only Elon. If you missed this incredible post-fight speech, Dariush called out Elon Musk saying he ordered a Tesla for his wife about six months ago and they still don't have it. Maybe some trending tweets will finally get your wife that Tesla. Now, to cover some tweets from the outstanding main event from last night. First, we have Shaheen Alshadi saying Oliveira is already leading the UFC in submissions. He holds the record for the longest and most challenging path to a UFC title, and he's only 31. Just crazy, man. I literally couldn't agree more, and Oliveira deserves everything that he gained from last Last night's win. And Ariel Helwani had some thoughts about how fun a matchup with Oliveira and Habib would have been. We all know this fight sadly will never happen, but can you imagine the matchup between these two and the insane ground game fight we would have witnessed for the title had it ever happened? One can only dream, I suppose. And to wrap it up today, we've got our very own Mac Malley sharing this photo of Oliveira saying that the last time he was this happy was when he was 8 and got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas. Oh, those were the days. But yes, Oliveira was clearly taken aback by this victory and just couldn't contain his excitement for the long journey he's had to get him here. Well, that's it for me for the social media covering 262, and here's Tommy Tohold.
0: Now that we've thoroughly examined the card, it's time for a final analysis. Surprise, surprise, there's a new king in the lightweight division. Not really a surprise, I'm just glad there wasn't a draw a la UFC 41. Arguably the most interesting division in the entire sport just keeps delivering, even with the monumental shifts happening right now. in Habib and Tony fading from the picture after dominating it for so long. Guys like Chandler, who proved a force in that main event. And Oliveira, who may have had the longest journey to the crown, but at 31 years old, there's plenty of premium petrol in that tank. Nearly the entire top 10, all killers, and potential title holders. The fact that you have the biggest draw in the sport thrown in the mix only adds to the intrigue. Dustin Poirier opted out of this fight tonight to take on Connor again, great business that initially made that vacant title fight feel hollow. And yet, seeing how it played out, watching Charlie Olives go from 10-8 and 8 in his early UFC career to the run he had to that gold, that belt meant something at UFC 262, and it's going to mean something if someone is able to take it from him. Habib may have left a void, retiring young. Tony may no longer be the Divisional force he once was, but lightweight is thriving, and I cannot wait to see how it all plays out. Thanks for watching! Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter, and have yourself a wonderful day.